Fear your fellow seekers. Peace awaits you in the unknown. Well, welcome back to the Seekers of the Eternal podcast. It looks like I'm on my own this morning uh, without my partner in crime, Chris Parks. He will be joining us very shortly for a very, very exciting podcast today for Seekers of the Eternal. Uh, I have my friend and brother, Jay Brush from OnChain Monkey joining today. Jay, how are you feeling this morning? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And such a pleasure, brother. We had a chance to connect uh, in person in um, Miami and then connect again in New York and really hang out and go running together through Central Park and had a few conversations on the subway and at the New York Stock Exchange. And, you know, lots of really great opportunities to get to know one another. And, you know, uh, just a little bit about um, Jay, you know, he his his claim to fame is, you know, he, he saw on Chain Monkey and the incredible value that that was providing its holders. Um, dug deep and uh, he moved all the way up to the pinnacle and got a celestial. So we're going to dig into that a little bit, but, you know, he's a OCM royalty and, uh, but more so than that though, he's a, he's an incredible brother. He's, he's um, one of the most authentic people I've met in the community and uh, genuine cat has an amazing story. And uh, we're just so grateful to have you today that you can share your story with everybody. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It's great to be here. Definitely cherish the moments we got to spend together. Seeker B it was just uh, incredible to find like-minded people, yeah. you know, through a digital realm and, and bring it to IRL. It's yeah. uh, it's definitely special. And Seeker B loves you, man, because you were carrying that heavy backpack through the city for him, just giving his shoulders a break. <laughs> that was crazy. It's like 40 pounds. I can't, like, I saw him all, you know, all week carrying it around, but until I put it on, I was like, oh, wow, like, he's yeah. really doing Yeah. And he, I mean, he's not- work paid by OCM or anything like that. He does that all out of the goodness of his heart. So yeah, shout out to Seeker B. I know. Yeah. Seeker B's a man. So, so Jay, um, you know, if you don't mind, maybe let's tell, uh, tell our community and our audience a little bit about yourself, man. Where are you from? And, you know, what, what's a little bit about your background and who you are? Sure. Sure. So I'm from uh, Long Island, New York. I grew up out East by the beach, uh, below the ocean. So, um, you know, I was always an athlete growing up, played baseball, played a little college, um, got married early when I was 20, had a, had a child when I was 23, he's 15 now, beautiful boy. Um, I got into banking, a uh, friend of the family got me into banking. I became a branch manager when I was uh, in my early 20s, uh, local bank, you know, very tight with the community and everything. And uh, I guess this kind of leads into where I am now with crypto. So uh, we got bought by a large corporate bank uh, right around the time that the financial crisis happened in 2008. And I saw, uh, you know, the bank took in a bunch of money um, from the bailouts and they, uh, they cut a lot of my clients' uh, lines of credit, payroll, loans, really uh, kind of did my customers dirty and uh, felt I was on the wrong side of the fence, like morally and, and professionally. It just didn't sit right with me. Um, and Bitcoin came out. You know, shortly after, and I started reading about a peer-to-peer, you know, electronic cash system, and I started to align more with those values than mm-hmm. traditional banking. You know, at the time I was young and I just wanted to be successful, and I had a new wife yeah. and a house, and I was this corporate ladder. I had that whole mentality. Yeah. Um, and it quickly shifted, and uh, you know, eventually over the years, I got out, got out of banking, and into various different industries. Uh, always trying to follow a passion. Uh, a musician, I play music. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, I like I like all that stuff. I think I I think with that side of the brain, even though I tend to have uh, jobs that require me to be analytical, yeah. you know. So uh, I um I uh I didn't get in. I didn't buy Bitcoin. I I always followed it. Always kept up with it. Always you know read all the publications, chat rooms. But um, I was always on the sidelines. I kept my money in you know stocks and bonds. And um, finally in uh. 2020, I made the jump, you know, into Bitcoin um, as an investment. And uh, I started going down the rabbit hole. All of a sudden, I'm finding out about Ethereum. Next thing you know, I find an article by uh, NFT Bark, if you know Steve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He wrote a Harvard Business Review article about NFTs. And um, I think I messaged him. It was all a blur, but I swear to God, within like, Two months, all my money was out of stocks, bonds, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all into JPEGs. I wow! Just, I started finding communities and and uh, you know, 
that's that's that was my journey. It was a very fast journey into the DGen world. Man. So okay, so let's dial it back a little bit. So you were in the bank, you were working for that small bank, and then you get buy out, bought out by the big corporate bank. What was that? Was that did you stay in that space for a long time? Like when was it that you were like, okay, I can't physically be in this building doing this anymore? Yeah, so I uh, stayed for a f- I want to say maybe two years while I figured out. I got into um, investments. I got all my licenses and became a uh, investment advisor for the bank. And then eventually uh, just needed to get out of there. Uh, opened up a uh, small boutique investment firm um, with a partner, uh, thinking that that would be better. But I still found myself uh, kind of disillusioned by the financial markets, mm. having to sell stuff to people. That I had no control over. Um, I just quickly found it just wasn't my path, and uh, you know it was a lucrative career, but um, it just wasn't my passion. And you know, yeah. I was becoming depressed. I started getting, you know, um, part of my story is like dealing with things with like substances, drinking. You know, um, totally disconnected from any type of uh, spirituality or mm. uh, becoming very self. Just all the character defects that I never wanted to. Uh, portray were coming out because I, I just wasn't on the right path i felt so um i left that industry and uh started a new path you know and i've done a bunch of things since amazing man so you when you finally carve off you know carve a new path and you step off that road it reminded me of a story uh dr maya angelou told about her grandmother and um you know where she had no money and she had to figure out a way to kind of take care of her family and um, she said that she didn't really have any skills back then, of course, like, you know, in the, you know, I guess it was like the 1920s or 30s, like, you know, she just had to kind of fend for herself. She was a good cook, though. So there was like, um, there was like, I can't remember the two types of plants, but, you know, I think like one was like a cotton mill on one side, then maybe like two or 300 yards away, there was another factory. And what she did was she, um, she would make like meat pies and she would in the morning, she would go to one factory and sell like hot meat pies. And at lunchtime, she would walk whatever was remaining. She would walk to the other factory and sell the rest of the, the remaining cool down meat pies for like half of the price. And, and then the next day she would switch it up. She would go sell hot pies at the other factory and then cool pies at this factory. And she said, and then eventually when there was enough of a desire for the pies, she opened up a stall in the middle of the two factories and had everybody come to her. And eventually that turned into being a general store. And she was like the first African-American woman to own a general store. And I guess that, that part of the city. So, you know, and she, so her whole message of carving a new path, she says that every human being on this planet deserve, reserves the right to carve a new path, to step up to, to, sorry, let me start that again. She says, every human being on the planet reserves the right to assess the path that they're on and to look at the path in front of them. And if the path in front of them is not desirable, they they reserve the right to step off that path and carve a new one. And even if that new path is luminous and unpromising, they can continue to carve a new path until you find the right one. And, and that was kind of the story of her, her grandmother. And so it's just really interesting to kind of hear your your journey away from, you know, what seems to be like the all-American dream, right? You get a job, you're working in the corporate industry, it's paying you well, you can take care of your family, you got, but there's something inside of you that's telling you this isn't you know, where I need to be. And so I guess my first question to you is what does living a fulfilling life mean to you then? I find that um, when I'm taking care of my son, when my son is taken care of, you know, when I'm doing the right thing as a father, generally most of my joy comes from helping other people. Mm-hmm. Um, fulfilling A fulfilling life would be to be of maximum usefulness to others, really. Uh, you know, selflessness, you know, yeah. which, which I struggle with because, you know, um, I try to, I try to be as serene and, and spiritual as possible, but like there's lots of pressures in life and, uh, I constantly have to reset every morning. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's really, since I don't know professionally what my goal is or, or, you know, where I'm headed really, yeah. I just know that I want to be good to people, help people however I can. And, uh, and whatever path that takes is, is I'm okay with. And, and my family supports that. They understand that, you know, um, we come from, uh, 
my sister has a, a nonprofit. Um, she she has um, recovery homes and wellness center, and we deal with we deal with pe- a death a lot. We deal with death a lot. People who who don't recover from substance abuse, mental illness, take their own lives, lose their lives. So um, I'm constantly reminded. I probably have lost six to ten people this year that I know. So oh I'm constantly reminded that life is short, and uh, there's no time to to you know do things that aren't fulfilling. You know, right. And I think having a child definitely keeps you honest, right? Like you're, you have to almost, you have to, I mean, once one thing I learned really quickly, I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and, and that is, um, you know, children, they, they, they learn what they live. And so you can tell them, tell them, tell them as much as you want, but if you're not living by, if they're not living that out by seeing your example, then, you know, it's almost like what they say is like your, your actions speak so loud. I can't hear what you're saying kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. And so I think having a kid probably really, you know, helps you to, 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 like you said, get back on the horse, even though it's challenging sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And also, uh, I've been practicing, uh, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, you know, public speaking is probably my worst nightmare or had <laughs> been, you know, or being in the spotlight or anything, but yeah. like, when you asked, Hey, would you like to be on the podcast? You know, I, you know, that's something that, you know, I know I'll grow from, you know, yeah. so I've been really focusing on on uh, on healthy things that may seem uncomfortable, but in the long run are are good for me. So you know, you, you touched on this a little bit, but when you do have a challenge or a setback that comes up in in life, and you like you said, you you've had your challenges. You know what what's your approach? Like, what is your approach to dealing with um, these challenges as they hit you day to day? And maybe and maybe in 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 part two of that question is, you know, what is it that you impart to to your son to have him kind of. Uh, on that journey. Oh, here comes Chris. Hey, Chris, how are you, brother? Hey, doing hey, what's good. Up, Chris? <laughs> what's um, happening, Jay Brush? Oh man, just chilling. Uh vibe on a construction site, lock myself in a room <laughs> to chill with you guys. Nice. Doing, doing, doing some art installation today with a friend of mine. So uh got this big old house with designers everywhere and construction people. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, cool. I was yeah. just digging into uh, to a couple of deeper questions with uh, Jay Brush. You know, uh, he was just telling me a little bit about his life and and how he came to be where he is today. And um, you know, he's a he's a father. He's an entrepreneur, um, a risk taker. And I uh, just asked him, you know, um, just about life and and um, you know what what defo- how does he define a meaningful life? And then um, you know, he just said, just it's it's an opportunity for him to be of service to others. You know, helping others is what gives him purpose. And um, if he can if he can be a tool or a resource or a, a service for others, then that's what ultimately brings him joy. And so I said, you know, so when a challenge or a setback hits you in life, you know, how do you how do you deal with that? And then what are some of the ways that you get your child to to understand how to deal with those challenges as well? Because he's 15 years old, so it'll be interesting to kind of hear his take on this. Amazing, yeah, yeah. I love that, Jay. Yeah, I'll let you g- come in. I'm nice to be joining with you, and thanks for making time in the middle of all that's going on. So great yeah. to great to have you. Looking forward yes. to hearing more. For sure, I was trying to get on last week, but I was uh, running around Miami with the Monkey Crew. Monkey Crew. Um, it was funny because I was having a hard day yesterday. Um, personal relationships, trying to keep, you know, calm and serene, meditate, pray as the day goes on. And uh, I had a conversation. I'm luckily, I have a group of very strong men support group that we bounce our ideas off. I think that's so important to have a support group Mm. uh, because my ideas are usually not the best when I'm in a state of um, heightened emotion. So uh, I was bouncing some ideas off my friend and he said to me, you know, man, rejection is just God's protection. And I was like, mm. you know what? That's right. And and so when I, I really try to practice acceptance, it's part of my morning meditation is willingness, you know, open-mindedness and acceptance, you know, and know that I can't control anything but my attitudes and efforts. I can't control anything anyone does. And as long as I fully accept that, I'm usually okay with whatever the outcome is. I love that, Chris. I've never heard anyone say it like that. Rejection is God's protection. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. My buddy's wild, but he always comes out with some bangers. So I'm like, All right. <laughs> Usually it's the wild guys that come and hit you with those types of dimes, and you're just like, man, that's good. Yeah, yeah. that's what we say a lot too on this podcast. And Yogananda talks about it's like God can speak to you through your friends, any yeah. friend, and yeah. anybody that cares about you. So these drops of wisdom can come through anybody when you need it. So that's I love that. Yeah. yeah, he always says to me, collect evidence. 
same friend. So I was like, collect evidence of your, you know, your God, whatever it is, your higher power, you know, collect evidence that he's working in your life. And uh, so I try to do that as well. So, I mean, I, I remember you mentioned that to me when we were in New York um, about collecting evidence. And, you know, I think Hanuman, us meeting in Miami, I think giving you, I only had a couple left. And I think you actually got the last um, coin from Chris. And, um, and you talked about the significance of that in that process of collecting evidence. Can you maybe expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I feel like when I start my day right with meditation, with prayer, conscious effort to be kind to everyone i attract certain people and situations which don't necessarily happen when i'm self-absorbed selfish angry just like you know i was just having the time of my life in miami just appreciating all the good spirits that were i was meeting and everything yeah. and then all of a sudden i see you and you give me this coin and i just knew it was special and i always kept it and then i see the project coming out and it led me to mint you know it's just it's exponential, the energy, when I'm, I'm living in that kind of flow state, um, good energy. And yeah, so it, it's almost cool. indescribable, but it seems like things just work out when I'm just doing the right, next right thing, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it's like when we have that clear state of mind, we've done that work in the morning to get ourselves in the right frame of mind. We have our frontal lobe is operating properly. And then, the the way that um, some of my spiritual teachers talk about is that we've created for ourselves this good karma that from the a positive thinking that we've had in the past, the things that we've done, and then we create these experiences that become available to us. And then it's so important to to do those practices because then you're looking for the opportunity in the moment. You're looking for that person, or you're 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 aware and you can see it. So if we if we yeah if we leave our house angry or in a state of uh, emotions or anything like that then we just miss these opportunities this good karma that we created for ourselves it comes up and we didn't even see it so it's like it doesn't even exist but when we've done that we've you know over the years or time we've had this positive you know keeping a positive uh, mental attitude about things and looking for for good situations then, then they're there for us. So yeah, I, I love that. That's a, that's a real manifestation tool. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in uh, New York, Polymath was actually kind of talking about that concept. And he was saying like, you know, it's not so much about the law of attraction, it's the law of extraction, you know, and it's getting yourself into a space where you can extract all of these things that you want from the universe. And the universe provides it lovingly, compassionately for free. You know, you never have to kind of worry about it if you're, if you're showing up as the best version of yourself in the West, you know, some of those things are some of the practices that you talked about where it's met, whether it's meditation or deep breathing or prayer or positive intentions and helping others. I think all of those things put you in a position to extract that from the universe. Sure. I call it a spiritual toolkit. You know, I have my readings in the morning. I have meditation. I have my support group. I have my little prayers I could stop when something might be, you know, going astray. So it, as long as I use these tools, like Chris was saying, I stay on that wavelength and I attract the same type of energy that I'm putting out there. Because I've been in a place in my life where I attracted the opposite. So I know that to be true on both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And sure. having that group that you mentioned, that's such a powerful and rare thing to have a group that you meet with where you're just all there to help each other become the best versions of yourself. I recommend that to anybody that's listening. If you can start to put together, if you know one friend that 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 can do that for you and then start to gather and then start to get more together. Um, I started doing that with friends in like 2017. And that's really how this whole Seekers group started was just meeting with with friends showing up meditating uh, reading things like that and yeah it can be such exponential growth can happen for you when you meet regularly with friends with that intention yeah so i know and you know it's kind of like even what on chain monkey uh and seekers of the eternal is for us you know in terms of community um you you surround yourself with like-minded individuals trying to be the best version of themselves uh, Jay Rush, maybe if you don't mind, share a little bit about the journey with uh, OnChain Monkey and how you, uh, and maybe from from both perspectives, right? Like from the investment perspective, what you saw in terms of uh, investing, you know, the, the 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 dollars that you work really hard to attain yourself, 
into a company like OnChain. So what was it that attracted to you there? And, and maybe just the journey to get to a space where you get this celestial monkey and you're now like on-chain monkey royalty. Um, and then maybe how you, how you also connected with uh, Seekers of the Eternal and, and what the journey has been like uh, uh, to, through Seekers of the Eternal in Hanuman. Yeah, sure. So, um, I, you know, late 2021, I stumbled upon on-chain monkey. Um, I'm seeing it on the timeline. I know Steve was, uh, he might've been talking about getting the job as a chief marketing officer at the time. I can't remember, but, um, you know, like anything I'm interested, I do a deep dive. I started looking up old videos of Bill Tai and his thoughts on microeconomies and how um, we can help the world. You know, the ethos of blockchain technology is to serve the underserved, in my opinion. You know, um, some of the things they were doing, bringing uh, Internet to schools in Africa and, you know, uh, doing missions to, to, you know, to free refugees. So, like, my first interest in Anche Monkey had nothing to do with uh, profits or money. It was like, oh, wow, this is a bigger cause, a bigger mission. And I saw the the founders with Danny and Amanda and Bill. And I said, oh, and there's some like really serious people behind here who want to do good in the world. And uh, and with their, you know, previous business successes, you know, Bill taking 20 plus companies public, Danny with MyCoin, the, the largest uh, cryptocurrency exchange in Taiwan, and, and Amanda with her, you know, digital, with her executive expertise. And they're like, I just said, okay, if I'm going to back my energy and efforts behind anything, you know, in a space, especially in a space full of undoxed, you know, unproven people, it's like, it's going to be this one because yeah. it aligns with my values, rise, you know, respect, integrity, sustainability, now enrichment, but it was experimentation back then. Yeah. And I'm down with both of those. So it was just, it was just almost like a feeling. I just knew this is where I need to put my energy. I started seeing who, the, you know, learning about the community and, and like energy they were bringing to it and the deep talent pool. And uh, it just, it was just, a lot of people say in the community, you know, once they get, it was obvious, you know, and it was obvious for me from an early, from an early stage. Now I had my bags spread out. So I had right. to divest from different things as the bear market came. So I was lucky to get out of what I was in at a certain price where I can accumulate um, a bunch of Genesis monkeys. And then once we announced that we were the first 10K on ordinals, we almost tripled in, in floor yeah. price. Yeah. And that was, that was the spark that, uh, um, gave me the opportunity to sell a bunch and then buy the Celestial. And, um, you know, within all this time, you know, down in Miami, I, I met you and Seeker and um, totally aligned with the energy, the vision, you know, the community. Yeah. Um, and, and being a beginner in meditation, a beginner in spiritual learnings, and knowing that Chris is, is much more, you know, experienced with this, I, I found it to be an opportunity. And the art, I love the art. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I don't know if you know, but I ordered a 40 by 40 uh, NFT canvas of my Hanuman, which is one of the largest ones I've ever done. So that should be in the mail. Oh, and, man. Uh, Can't wait to see yeah. that. So, um, yeah, for me, like the the purchasing the Hanuman has nothing to do with money. It's more about community and just and uh, kind of like uh, self-exploration and learning. Yeah, it's amazing. Chris, you want to? Say anything or ask me questions. Yeah, no, I love that. It's yeah, it's 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 so great to to see. I think you know, talking about these kind of things helps open people's eyes to what we love about Web three because so much of the noise that people hear about Web three, they don't hear about these kind of projects, about these kind of like where the future is going with yeah. this kind of thing is uh, having having these great. Uh, initiatives and 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 projects and being able to have a community that has horsepower for all the good things that you know we all as humans want to do in the world we all you know every I think that's the a lot of what everybody is so agitated and complaining and bickering with each other is we all we all want to do good and we all want to see this world get better and we all you know we all are striving towards more and more happiness is really what we want but then uh, we just get in caught up in, in arguing with each other because we feel powerless, like we, we can't really do anything about it. So you just get caught up into, you know, sending angry tweets and comments and things like that, where with Web3, you actually get to join forces with others and really do something about it. If you have, uh, 
if you have a great human um, humanitarian effort that you want to to see come to life, now now all of a sudden you have just this army of people that are down to join with you. So I just I love seeing that. That's really what you know. These guys have been uh, the team here, the Seekers team. Um, I'm you know very new to this. Uh, just really getting getting my feet wet with it, and the more and more that I meet people like you and. Um, people that are doing good things with this. That's what got me really wanting to be a part of this and yeah. and seeing how uh, I could just start to share more of what I wanted to share with the world, with the more captivated audience than just the quick scrolling that happens with uh, social media so much. So yeah, it's encouraging to hear when, you know, the putting out that artwork and then seeing who it attracts and yeah. and then we just start building and building slowly here in this this build this build market of web3 right now is it's a little bit dark um but as, this is a great time to be like slowly building this base of people that are just really uh, wanting to to do great things together and we have this like jay saying you know building this support group of just being around like-minded positive people that want to make the, the world a better place want to uplift ourselves so yeah so it's it's always it's always a really on, a blessing and an honor for me to to hear and and see the kind of quality of people that are attracted to what we're doing and and uh, we are really happy to continue growing together yeah 100 percent um you know i feel like uh jay when when you talk about what attracted you to on chain monkey and then seekers of the eternal it's it's i feel like that's the most sustainable um the most sustainable aspect of any uh, community in web three, I think, understand why obviously you need to generate income to, if you, if you want to continue to pro provide utility and such. But what, what I've noticed for seekers of the eternal is everyone who comes back to that general chat or comes out to spaces, they're coming for, they're coming from, for a sharing of thoughts and wisdom and guidance and mutual experience and shared experience. And that's so, and it's free, you know, and I think that's probably, my greatest takeaway from web three is, is, and I talked about this a couple of times when I was up on stage with Chris uh, in Miami. And then again, when I was at NFT NYC, but this whole concept of like seeking or, or being really conscious of the currency that you seek. Um, you know, I think when we're in a space, sometimes we, when everyone's so accustomed for it to be, you know, monetary, then we kind of turn a blind eye to all of the other currencies that we could be paid if we were just maybe a little bit more open to to those things. So what are some of the other currencies that you get from whether it's the on-chain monkey community or Seekers of the Eternal now? Obviously you've been a part of the community for some time. What is what does it look like now? How does it how does it fill your bags? Oh uh, friendship really um as a uh you know, an adult male, I can speak from my perspective, you know, I have a close group of friends, a handful maybe. Um, and, you know, traditional social media, you scroll and you see your friends from high school, you don't really talk to. And mm. it's like, it's still, for me, it was a very, you know, lonely experience, you know, at times. Web3 has opened, just busted down the doors with people who I've now connected with and become friends with that are like-minded that I've never knew how to do before you know i never had that outlet to find new people like it's hard as an adult to for me to like make new friends and like you know learn about different things like with on-chain monkey and seekers it's just like just go down the list of all these people that are just awesome and building all these things and that you want to connect with and that are totally open-minded and it's like for me that world didn't exist before i got into into web3 nfts and entered the projects that i found were you know aligned with my values yeah um so that's really, it's really about the relationships. Good things always says people are the alpha. And that really is. I mean, it leads to like, you know, financial success sometimes, but like I've been there and it doesn't lead to happiness all the time. So mm. the relationships are really what I value the most since I've been here, I would say. Grace? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and what, what Jay was sharing in about, about uh also celebrating the happiness of others you know like hearing stories from others and that's what that's what the more that the more that i connect through my meditations and 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 through relationships is yeah like it's i find so much more happiness when i see other people 
<laughs> being inspired and happy. And that's why I love, you know, guiding these meditations is I can, I love to feel when people are healing. I love to feel when people are, are growing and expanding or um, being able to put out a, a rabbit hole that, you know, I really got really excited about when I learned about it and sharing it with other people and then seeing them dive into it and start to really get into it. It's just, it's so fun to be able to do that. And yeah, I think, uh, we're all kind of missing that, I, you know, as, it, as more we, you know, get focused on our careers and life and, you know, we, we really start to have less and less really true close friends unless we're really doing things like this or purposefully a meeting. And yeah, we start to create that within ourselves and then we start to attract it more and more and then yeah. celebrate each other's uh, happiness. It's, it's such a beautiful thing to, to experience. So I think, yeah, your story there is like just encouraging everybody that's listening to really anytime you can just celebrate when other people are happy You realize yeah. just how good that feels when you do that. Anybody that's having success at anything, anybody that's learning and growing, we can, you know, like I go to a lot of um, medicine ceremonies and different spiritual uh, events and things. And I say like, I go to those because I'm addicted to feeling other people heal. It just feels great to watch somebody go come in, you know, with a certain look on their face and, 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 and then see them when they're, you know, after a meditation or after a ceremony, just to see that weight lifted in somebody is it's, uh, it's so beautiful. And then collectively, if we're all doing that as a group, it's be really powerful and can, can really change the world. So I'm actually interested in, in uh, exploring that. I want, I want to experience the, like the communal, uh, you know, uh, ceremonies. I've, I've never been part of something like that. Uh, I started going to yoga classes and, and like breath work and like a little bit of sound healing. And uh, I'm, I'm totally, that's like I said, I'm I'm kind of new into um, the different types of uh, ceremony. You know, I just, I started with my five minute meditation in the morning. Now I'm up to 10 breath work and I'm, I'm just looking to expand from there. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah, Chris, ceremony can be a great one. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. Now, I was just going to say, Chris always says to me, it calls to you when you're ready, you know, and I felt the same, you know, like, I feel like I'm at the stage now where I'm ready for like, to try like the, um, you know, the medicinal ceremonies and, um, and to take it to the next level. Um, the more I think you, you put yourself into a space of practice of healing and, and, um, you know, self, not for lack of a better expression, like almost like self-preservation, the self who you want to preserve uh, the most, you know, um, through meditation and, and rest and breath work. And I feel like, you know, you're, you're eventually going to get to a space where you're called, you know, to challenge yourself. And some of the experiences Chris has shared, even on the last podcast um, for the medicine ceremony, like it sounds very challenging. And in some cases you almost scream like you want to get out of it. Um, but, uh, but I feel like I'm, I'm ready for that experience. You, you said something last week, Chris, when we were chatting, you said that, you know, right. I, I think in halfway through one of it, one of the experiences, you had a friend of yours that said, I, I can't even finish this experience. And then he ended up coming back to you several months later and saying, I'm, it's calling me back. Uh, do you want to maybe just share a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was uh, on our last podcast, I was prepping to go out to Yahe uh, Ayahuasca ceremony, which I did last week. Um, I did uh, one day, I could only break away for the, the one night. And normally we do two. So yeah, the friend that came with me last time, he was going to do two nights. And it happens a lot of times. You'll, you'll sign up for two nights, you're going to do it, you know, of course, nothing's going to stop you from doing it. And then you do the, the one night and you're like, I don't know if I'm coming back tomorrow, you know, but, um, but it, it, even when, when that happens, it, it's, uh, it's, it's like, uh, it, it opened this, it planted this little seed in you and you're like, oh, I got unfinished business. I gotta, I gotta come back. And, and it calls to you in that way. But really most of the time, um, that's, that's, that's often pretty rare that, um, but, you know, in the morning, it's, it's such an amazing thing. Like when you see the sunrise after you've gone through a hero's journey with your friends like that, there's just no feeling like it when the sun starts to come up and you start to hear the birds singing and the roosters crowing. And you're just like, 
Oh, it feels amazing just to be alive. Uh, and ayahuasca is, is is that, you know, this, it's so far from being like an intoxicant, a, you know, some sort of a party drug or something like that. They say that ayahuasca is all spirit. They say that in, in, in the Amazon, um, you know, the spirit of Christ came to the West as as Jesus Christ, you know, it comes to uh, the Amazon uh, as ayahuasca, you know, as this way to connect with spirit and to receive the blessings of 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 this. It can you know it can come to us and through through a great saint. It can come to us through a medicine like this and. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I, my last experience with it, it, it was is so it's so powerful and useful. Uh, meditating all night, you know, you stay up all night, and I think what we're, what we were talking about last week is uh, this group that I work with is now they're now a legal entity, so they can serve medicine as a as a church, and. It, this the group that that I work with I, I recommend them so that's the biggest thing is you want to find you want to find a group that you can just fully like okay I trust mm. I trust these people I trust this group I trust this medicine and I'm just gonna let myself whatever happens whatever I go through mentally it's gonna be okay in the morning we're all gonna hug each other and you know so you just allow for you allow it you allow for it to be difficult you allow for you know any sort of um things that you need to work on to be uh drudged up so that you can see them clearly and move past them and uh, you feel like so supercharged after you're done with it and you feel like you could do anything and uh, so we were talking about maybe maybe starting to invite some of the the group to to join us for for uh, one of these ceremonies out here in Florida. So I think that would be that would be neat for some of our our brave community members that yeah. want to be able to do something like this. And then and then our group also offers full retreats um, in Colombia. So if you wanted to do the the full eight days in the Amazon, you know, you can you can try it here for a couple of days here in Florida. And then if you want to start, you know, really taking it to the Amazon, you can do that as well. Um, but yeah, it's so it's such a great thing to to do that with your friends. There's I, I've not experienced anything with so much, you know, bonding through going through something like that. Um, and yeah, it, it's a, it's worthwhile effort for sure. And they call it, they call the medicine uh, tiger heaven because you'll roar like a tiger when you're, you know, purging and, and you'll see visions like heaven. You know? So it's wow. both worlds. So Jay, when you're ready, you let me know. We'll go we'll grab some plane tickets and head out to Florida together. That let's do it. <laughs> Don't do it. That'd be, that'd be a wild IRL. Guy, <laughs> recruit some other monkeys. We'll get Alpha Andy. We get all. Oh man, what a trip that would be! Yeah, we should yeah. do. It. We'll set it up. We'll set it up. I'm down. My Taita is a. Uh, my Taita is a is a yogi as well, and he talks about Yogananda, and he he, he writes. He, the beautiful thing too is he he does he channels this music. So he he actually four songs were birthed uh, that night as he just starts playing and singing and the lyrics that come out are, are songs that he's never sang before. So it's a, a wonderful thing to experience. He's just written hundreds and hundreds of songs. Wow, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So Jay, you know, uh, right now you, you said you like, you know, you're doing a whole bunch of different things right now. And, and so how do you find purpose in your day to day? What are you doing these days? Like, how do you, how do you bring purpose into your life? Just, not so much from your own personal practices, but in terms of what you do and, spend, and how you spend your time day to day, what are some of the ways that you do that and how does that provide purpose for you? Sure, so um, I stay very physically active. I have been running probably three miles a day. I lift, I stretch, start going to yoga. Like that is super important for me. I've always been an athlete. And if I am um, stagnant for too long, it, it starts to affect me mentally and spiritually. So, you know, when I start the day, meditation, prayer, quiet time, usually try to get a workout in right after. And I'm covering some of my bases. And then, you know, and I get some work in it, whether I'm doing some construction stuff or like today, moving art. I've, I've set my schedule up to allow opportunity in. I do not want to put myself in a nine to five where that's my life. You know, I, I need to live passionately. 
Um, I find Web3 pulling me that way. Um, I've had I've had some opportunities now, like um, was approached by a friend who wants me to see if I want to invest in a company in the seed round, like things like that. I'm starting to see like the fruits of just being active and yeah. uh, present in the Web3 community. So I never expected. I always just saw myself as a collector. But if it's where I enjoy to be, if, if it's the people that I enjoy being around, if there's causes that I feel are worthy of my time and energy, I would love to one day find a way to sustain a living, not even become wealthy, but sustain a living in being around these types of energies. Yeah. Um, so I'm keeping my day-to-day -day open enough where I can spend time doing what I want to do while still being able to pay my bills and stuff. But uh, And then, you know, I uh, spend a lot of time with my son. You know, he's a great kid, super smart, great athlete, kind. Never yelled at the kid once in my life. He's, he's really amazing. And he deserves, you know, all the attention from me. Um, me and his mother co-parent and have been doing pretty successfully for like 12 years. Uh, you know, we're good friends. And uh, so a lot of my time and energy goes to, you know, he's 15. He's got three years left of high school. So yeah. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm totally available for him. And um, that's really it. I play music to 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 release the creative outlet. And uh, and um, yeah, that's I try awesome. to keep a full life, you know, that's really cool. What do you play? What music? What kind of instruments do you play? I play bass primarily, um, but I had a whole recording set up. You said all my friends, singer songwriters come over and I record them. And uh, my dad's a lifelong musician, OG hippie. We just played in a little gig together. Nice. Uh, we got a punk, we got a punk gig coming up at the end of the month, at the end of June. So like old school, like Stooges and stuff. That's uh, cool. Yeah. So uh, I really, I find my release in music. Like I feel like the unit, like, I don't, I have a hard time releasing emotions. But music can do that for me. Yeah. Like music is like the universal language to me. I get it. Like certain notes, chords, vibrations hit me like a traumatic uh, like experience could. I could lose someone and, and not cry, but I could hear a note and like it would release. So it hit you. I yeah. Always, yeah. So I always go to music as like a way to connect to some things that are like maybe deep down that, that are having a hard time releasing. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That's really cool. Um, that gives me motivation as well. I got, you know, my, my, my littlest one is like eight and six and just to be so conscious and so present, it gives me, you know, so much more purpose in, in my day to day. Um, and then you always have to kind of remind yourself, like I have these moments sometimes where I'm like, man, I could have, I could have done better last night, you know? And so I get a chance every night to, to be a better version of myself as a, as a man, as a father, as a husband. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like you're, you're hitting, you know, checking all of those boxes of what we need to be able to present ourselves as the best versions to to our friends and family to have that ability to 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 uh you know not yell at your kids or not to you know to do you know when you see people reacting like that or screaming in traffic or getting angry it's like it's just because they're they're missing some of those things in their day they didn't have that creative time they didn't have that quiet time that introspection time that um, physical exercise time and then it comes out as we just see it's a, so yeah it's, it's it's so important to be able to have those essential things apart as part of our day for the mind body and spirit so that we can yeah not lose our shit all the time you know so it, it's yeah. so important <laughs> and and for me it is daily like i can't rely on yesterday's practices for today's peace mm. like i wake up and i'm not the best version of myself you know and i know if i don't proactively do these things you know, and I'm not perfect. You know, I still struggle with like, you know, depression, anxiety, you know, anger, personal relationships. And then like, I have to put these things all to practice every day, at least as best as I can. Yeah. You know, because if, you know, if I meditated yesterday and, and did the right thing and I didn't, I ran out the door today, got in the middle of traffic. I'm, yeah, I'm that guy yelling, you know? Yep. Me too. You know, yeah, it, it's time. so easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my son needs me to pick me, him up, but he didn't tell me. And uh, now I'm like 40 minutes away. Well, you know, it's like, uh, I think it's, it's you know, I, I am a work in progress for real. Like, uh, but, you know, like, keep it real. You know, it's like totally, uh, 100%. You know? Yeah, you can't, you'll never change what you're not willing to acknowledge. And I think if we can acknowledge all of our weaknesses like this, then we can find a way to commit to being, you know, a better, better version of ourselves.
Um, I, that Dr. Maya Angelou also said, well, I love this. She's like, you know, every night before I go to bed, she was like 80 when she was sharing this, which gives me hope. She goes, every night when I go to bed, I, I pray to God and I say, God, I made 99 mistakes today. Tomorrow, can I just make 98? And I just thought, okay, that's good. At 80 years old, she's still trying, you know? And I think that's what we all need to do, you know, just forgive ourselves, be patient with ourselves and just strive to be better tomorrow. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I try to do uh, an inventory at night too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I look back at my day. Was I selfish? Did I hurt anyone? Could I have done anything better? Just do a quick once over. Because yeah. if I can recognize a character defect or a fault or somewhere where I might have been, you know, hurt someone's feelings or something, you know, I can, I can kind of take inventory of that and correct it the next day. Yeah. Mm, that's so great to do that as like a subjective um, observer of of yourself. You know, I think so often we become like this critic of ourselves, and then we we it it is. But having that objective, like okay, I, this is this is the way to just become better and better every day through every circumstance. Yeah. And then there's this this time where it, it it crosses over, and then now all of a sudden we're like this tyrant, and we're you know we're we're uh, beating ourselves up for, for, and you know, my spiritual teachers talk about, and Yogananda talks about a lot that, <laughs> that everything that we do that we, we, we regret in, in life, it, it's, it's our ego that is holding on to that. If, if we, if we, you know, if we messed up and then for later you're walking around all mopey, like what's wrong with you? Oh, you know, I did this terrible thing. Um, you know, Swami Kriyananda, he, somebody, somebody had messed up and that's what they were doing. It's like four days later after they had messed up and, you know, he's asking them, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? And it's like, oh, you're still thinking about that. You know, what egoism, you know, it's, it's your ego that is continuing to roll that over. You should, we should do like what you're talking about is, is have that introspection, look at it in that moment say okay decide to do better next time and then let it go just drop it and then smile again go back out into your day again give the world your best self again you're not helping anybody by moping around and like i'm such a terrible person don't call yourself a terrible person um yogananda says uh if if you mess up in life blame god he likes that say because they say god is the doer you know we're we're just these we're just these um you know avatar bodies we're walking through this life all of these little synchronicities one to the next is is moving us to say this to do that to do that really the whole thing is just god's play his movie you're just an actor in it so every day we could just analyze like did I like my character in that movie today? Mm. Make me a better actor. And there's a little place where I could change. Next time, I'm going to get it right, you know? And then when when you mess up, just say, God, why'd you do that? Like, I don't <laughs> want to be like that. Just cut it out, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, don't take it like like you did it. That's That'll just perpetuate it and make you do it again. Awesome. Love I love that. that. Well, I know, uh, Jay Brush, you took time out of a busy day, probably in one of the most um, um, lockdown places. I know you do high-end art. You're doing a big installation there. So I, I just wanted to yeah. say thank you so much for joining us on the Seekers of the Eternal podcast. Sharing a lot about your life and how you approach it uh, was really meaningful to me, I'm sure to Chris and everyone that's been listening today. And you know, if people want to connect with you and follow along, I know that they can find you on uh, Twitter and then in joining the communities. Is, is If you don't mind, uh, your Twitter handle and then where, where people can reach out to you and in which communities. Yeah, yeah. It's at Brushdog, B-R-U-S-H-D-A-W-G. Uh, Jay Brush is the, the title. Um, and that's really where you can reach me. That's, you know, I'm pretty much an on-chain monkey show account. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, just repping my community. You know, I love everything about it um, and, and Seekers as well. And uh, that's really, yeah, you know, I only have a few communities, you know, and uh I, I'm not really too active on other socials. You know, I'll post a picture of my son on Instagram or Facebook, you know, but uh, but other than that, you know, I try to live in the real world and and uh, Twitter and Discord are my, you know, virtual realities right now. And um, that's where you can find me, you know, if anyone wants to reach out, uh, talk about some deep stuff. I'm always down for it. I'm always down Amazing. for that conversation. Yeah. I appreciate you so much, Chris. Uh, maybe if you don't mind, maybe sharing some parting words uh, like you always do with, wisdom 
Yeah, thank you, Jay Brush. It's been it's 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 really great to hear. It's really great to hear from you. It's encouraging and, and motivating to for us to just continue doing what we're doing when we hear these kind of stories and how it it impacts other people and and just encourages to just to keep moving and to keep going with this. Um, all right, I just I just um I was I I lost my bookmark of what I was going to look for before, but usually with uh, Yogananda's teachings, I just flip to a page and then land on one and be like, oh, that looks good, <laughs> uh, and then it usually is right on. So okay, here we go. This is this is about worry, and this is this is from a book called How to Awaken to Your True Potential. Uh, works uh, uh, teachings from Paramahansa Yogananda. He says. No, how, no matter how busy you are, do not forget occasionally to free your mind and completely... Uh, all right, let me start over here. No matter how busy you are, do not forget occasionally to free your mind completely from worries and all duties. Dismiss them from your mind. Remember, you were not made for them. They were made by you. Do not allow them to torture you. When you are beset by overwhelming mental trials or worries, Try to fall asleep. If you can do that, you will find upon awakening that the worry has loosened its grip on you. Tell yourself that even if you died, the earth would continue to follow its orbit and business would be carried on as usual. Hence, why worry? When you take yourself too seriously, death comes along to mock you and remind you of the brevity of material life and its duties. Mental relaxation consists in the ability to free the attention at will from haunting worries over past and present difficulties, dread of accidents or disturbing thoughts and attachments. Mastery in mental relaxation comes with faithful practice. It can be attained by freeing the mind of all thoughts at will and keeping the attention fixed on peace and contentment within. By faithful practice, you can divert the attention from worry to peace through meditation. Anytime you are tired or worried, inhale and tense, then throw your breath out and relax the whole body. Remain, with, remain without thought or breath for a few moments and you will become calm. Let go of your worries. Enter into absolute silence every morning and every night. Try to remain for one minute at a time without thinking, especially if you are worried. Then try to remain for minutes with a quiet mind. Then visualize some happy incident in your life. Mentally go through the pleasant experience over and over again until you forget your worries entirely. <laughs> uh, nice little one. It's, we have this power to do it. You don't have to just sit around and worry. You're not doing anybody any good by feeling terrible about yourself. Like use these tools. There's a million of them out there. You know, have these little tools like... We're talking about, you know, just you start with the five minutes, have that five minutes just every day. Okay, I'm going to do this. And you could just create these little spaces in between your thoughts. That's Yogananda just there. So like, if you can get one minute where you're not thinking, your mind is healing in that process. So it's just so valuable. Every day you can just do it a little bit more, a little bit more. And then all of a sudden, no longer are you running this habitual thought pattern of worry and fear you're running a habitual thought pattern of peace and calmness and kindness to others and just yeah make yourself feels good to do that so yeah. blessings everyone thank <laughs> we'll you see you again next time